pretty excited about this. I don't think these two are, but I am. Uh, welcome to the inaugural version of Finish That Lyric. So it is the game show where I make these two look dumb and we all laugh. So it really is going to be a lot of fun. So I asked these two to participate in this and did not tell them what we were doing. So this is the first time that they have any idea what we're doing. I just said this will be music related. So you will have somewhat of an idea of what we're doing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a lyric from a song. If you know the answer, you hit the buzzer and answer, okay? If you win, you get nothing. So it's not about that. It's just good old friendly competition. So the first one, we're going to start off real easy, okay? Here we go. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Okay. There's one for Melina. <laughs> now, these are not all hymns or Christian songs. This can be anything. Okay. <laughs> sweet Caroline. Da, 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 da. I'm sorry, that's not going to work. That's closer. So there's two there's two options here. So um, let, let's, add, let's let the audience participate. If I say, sweet Caroline, or good times never seem so good, either one of those. Both of you are terrible. Yeah, it wasn't in the right tune. All right, here we go. Just a small town girl. Budget is this? Well, your son was hitting it all morning. <laughs> there we go. Just a small town girl. Living in a lonely world. Good job. <laughs> Little journey. All right, here we go. On a dark desert highway. It, it's fine. Cool wind in my hair. There you go. You people be quiet out there. Okay, these are going to start getting a little more difficult. Somewhere over the rainbow. Skies are blue. Okay, that is one of the options. Yes, it's either way up high, skies are blue, or bluebirds fly. So, good job. Uh, this one's easy. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low. This thing is glass. Okay, let's see how well you know really old songs. When the night has come. In the land is dawn, right? In the land is dark, but close enough. Stand by me. You're just a baby, Jesse. Yeah, it's a great movie. Just you should see guy. it if you haven't. I've seen the movie. Okay. Watch it again. Yeah, probably not. Okay, here we go. If I should stay. Can you sing the lyric? Two people sing it. The one who probably made it the most famous is not the one who wrote the song. 
I can remember is singing the lyrics. Well, I've got a little bit of memory too. <laughs> okay, here we go. We're gonna go a little. We're gonna go a little country now. I ain't got a dime, but what I've got is mine. Hey, Kim. There you go, Kim. Kim's got it. Nothing. I don't do country. I ain't rich, but Lord, I'm free. Amarillo by morning. My wife won't let me sing that song. I am embarrassed. <laughs> now, if you would have sang it, I would have figured it out. That's your fault. <laughs> okay, this one's easy. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was a good friend of mine. A little less five-hour energy. Sorry. Last one. This is not easy. He's faithful for generations. It's fine. So why would he fail now? He won't. Just sing this. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't sing it though. If it's not in the key, Brad, you can't talk it to me. That's rude. Melina wins. All right, if y'all take this for me. It's a low-budget session right there. Man. Well, like I said, Carson was out there and kept hitting. It's probably his fault. <laughs> Give him a hand. <laughs> Give him a hand, guys. I promised them that I, they wouldn't be embarrassed and I wouldn't make fun of them, and I totally lied. Sorry about that. So, the point of that other than the fact that Jesse doesn't know music, <laughs> is that words matter. Words are important. Lyrics of those songs, even for the most part, with, without singing them with the melody, you recognize them. Um, words can change the atmosphere of a room. You know, just me reciting some of those, you think back that song reminds you of something. Maybe there's a specific uh, memory that comes along with that. But words have immense power. Uh, words of a song, the words we use when we talk to people, uh, they have significance. So I want to look at that today about how words matter. First of all, words shape our reality. If you look back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, there are nine verses, chapter 1, verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, uh, verse 14, 20, 24, 26, and 29. It either says, and God said, or then God said. God's word brought creation. Literally, by speaking, there was life. Speaking, there was everything. Now, our words, while we may not can bring about something from nothing and bring about a world, but our words can bring life and death. I don't have a lot of scripture today, but if you have your Bible and you turn it to Proverbs, I'm going to read this scripture in chapter 18, verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. 
those who love him will eat his fruit. So words shape our reality. What we say matters. How we say it matters. Now, a few years ago, and I don't remember the specific Sunday, I was standing in a coffee bar after church, and David Tim, uh, David and Paula, members of our church, he uh, runs the program Lost But Not Forgotten. A lot of you so generously give to that program. Um, He came and got me in the coffee bar, and he said, I have a word for you. Now, I'd always heard about this, kind of a, a prophetic word where, um, you know, God would tell somebody something and say, hey, I want you to go tell this to somebody. But I had never experienced it myself. And we were standing back there in the coffee bar, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said, but it was very encouraging. And it, it came at a time when I was a little bit down on myself, uh, challenges and just different things. I mean, we all encounter those Uh, type obstacles in our lives, and what he said to me brought life to me, and it was so encouraging to me. Now, what he said um, had a very specific meaning, and I wasn't sure when what he said would, would come to pass, but I believe that what he said is true, and it brought life to me. He spoke encouragement to me. Now, Those of us that work in ministry know this, but a lot of times, you know, you guys that come to church and and you don't realize this, but a lot of times we can receive a lot of negative feedback. Um, People that come, uh, and and that doesn't happen a lot here. Uh, We have, you guys are are awesome, the ones here, the ones that aren't come to church. But those of you that here are are great. I'm just kidding if you're watching online as a joke. Um, We don't have a lot of that here. Everyone here is, is usually so positive and so uplifting. But in church, it's just, we're all people, and, and everybody has opinions. But we receive ne- negative feedback from time to time. And sometimes it's, it's important things that we receive negative feedback, and sometimes it's just, you know, silly things. But we get that more often than we get positive things. So when someone comes to you and says something encouraging, it brings life. This morning, just in the hallway, Danita Metter uh, said something uh, very encouraging to me uh, about the last time uh, that I preached. I would encourage you all to do that more with your people. Not so much complimenting them, but just encouraging them. Because your words matter. You never know what someone is going through or what has happened to them that day. And your kind words could give them In the New Testament, in Matthew, first book in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 12, verses 32-33, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Like normal, the Pharisees think they know everything, always trying to catch Jesus in a trap. And Jesus says, anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or or in the age to come. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Now, Jesus is making an analogy here to show the relationship between our words and our heart. In this analogy, the fruit are our words, and the tree is our heart. 
don't go to an apple tree, and if the apples are, are rotten and bad, there's nothing you can do to the apple to make it good. You have to go to the source. You have to go to the tree, and you have to make sure that tree has plenty of water and that it's healthy. And if the tree is healthy, then it will produce good fruit. And it's the same way with us. Our words are the fruit, and they reflect the condition of our heart. So if we're always speaking negative words, if we're always speaking harsh words, we need to go to the source, which is our heart, and fix that, and then our words will be better. See, words reveal our heart. My granddad always uh, said, I've heard him say it so many times when uh, he's preaching, that if you want to know what someone's filled up with, bump into them and see what's filled out. He said that so many times. But it's true. It's true. Because our words reflect and reveal our heart. Second, words affect our relationships, whether it's a husband and wife, uh, a parent and child, a boss and employee. We need to choose our words carefully. Now, raise your hand if you've ever had a boss that you just didn't like. Come on. Everybody should raise their hand unless you're self-employed. <laughs> and in which case, it's your own fault. We've all had a boss that we didn't like. And maybe it's just because they, they weren't kind. Maybe it's they put us down. But what happens when you go through that tough time? You know what? I will never forget him. I will never treat people the way he or she treated me. I had an experience like that about 20 years ago. Um, I, I used to work for BSA, and I worked there for uh, about 11 and a half years. And about two years in, I got a job in uh, one of a uh, different department I had worked in in home health. And I had gotten somewhat of a promotion to a different department. And two weeks in, she just didn't like me for whatever reason. And I remember her calling me into her office, and she wrote me up. And I had never in my, like, I was just it crushed me because I had never been disciplined at work before. And she wrote me up and essentially told me that I had a month to find a new job or, or I was going to lose my job. And it created a lot of problems. And that is where all of my anxiety issues started were back then because I just didn't know how to handle that. I'd never been through that before. And, and she just constantly was kind of on me in, in a way that I hadn't experienced and I didn't know what to do and there was nothing I could do that was good enough. There was nothing I could be that was right. And so I only lasted in that department for about seven months and then I moved uh, to a different department and, and things got so much better and I had a boss who was amazing um, and I loved him and he treated me so kindly and was so encouraging and was so great. And I remember that to this day. We have to choose our words carefully because they can have a lasting impact, especially in our relationships. In Proverbs 16, 24, there's so many good ones uh, in, in Proverbs. It says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Anybody ever said something to you or 
spouse that continues to set it and you know that it's not the right one to set. Right after Amanda and I got married, about a month ago, um, we were in the Metroplex and we were shopping at the Stonebriar Mall, Christmas Eve, big mall with cheesecake factory and all this stuff. Um, we, we'd only been married, I don't know, maybe three, four months. So we're still very new. And she was still kind of learning Avery and I was still learning that age, Avery was not a real good shopper. So when she, she loved to shop, but you couldn't tell because she hated everything. And you would show her this, and that's ugly, and you would show her this, and that's not going to fit right. And she was just so negative about everything, and it was driving Amanda crazy. It was the first time Amanda had experienced this. And I guess I had just become accustomed to it. So Amanda kept kind of saying stuff to me about it. First of all, going to the mall with kids makes you a little crazy anyway. So I was already on edge as it was. And we were walking down uh, just in the mall there. We weren't even there. And, and Amanda had said something else to me. And I turned around and literally just said, enough. That's enough. And immediately I thought that that was, that was not a good idea. Proverbs 13.3, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. I came to ruin that day. I did not guard my lips, but we've all done that thing. We've all done that thing. You have to guard your lips. You have to be careful so you can't let your frustration Scripture urges us to use our words to edify or to build up and to encourage. You've probably read this verse before, maybe somewhat familiar, but in the New Testament, Paul writes in Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of you, but only what is helpful for building others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who hear. That experience at the mall, I did not do. I let my frustration build up, and then that spilled over. We need to, as followers of Christ, build each other up. That is what we should, that is what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 4. No unwholesome talk. Words also impact. There's a psychotherapist in Germany about 15, 20 years ago. Her name is Maria Lipton. And she did this, um, this, this study, this scientific experiment. And it was called Do Words Hurt? And what she did, her and her team, is they monitored the brain's response to uh, negative feedback or negative words. And what they found out was is that when a a person is being told negative things, that the brain releases stress and anxiety hormones. It literally impacts us physically. 
negative words can have a physical impact on our bodies. So can positive words. And both of those, both positive and negative, can impact our future. Again, read this a minute ago, Proverbs 16.24, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now, you have a child, and from the moment that they're able to start talking and understanding, you do nothing but put them down and tell them that they're not good enough, tell them that they're going to fail, that they're not smart. Eventually, that child is going to believe you, and they're going to live into exactly what you've told them. But if you build your child up and you tell them that they are capable of accomplishing anything, that they're smart, beautiful, handsome, and they can be anything that they want to be, that child is going to believe you and be a whole lot more successful than the one who's always been put down. Words can impact So let's make sure that our words are life-giving. Now, words have power, but there is more power in God's words. Julie read this, and I want to read it again one more time. In John chapter 1, the first five verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life is the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there's power in God's Word, in the Word meaning in Jesus. Through His words, you can read all through the New Testament, Jesus performed so many different miracles. He healed, He transformed lives. I said this during the worship series, only an encounter with Jesus can bring lasting change. Jesus is the first word. That's what John says in chapter 1. He was the word at the beginning. And he also is the word. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So this morning, guys, words matter. They matter. The words that we say matter. The words that we hear matter. As followers of Christ, we need to be like he did. That's that's what we should be. Christian means little Christ. That's what we should do is we should strive to be like Jesus. And we need to speak words of life to people around us, family, friends. Words of love, grace, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. Our words should be speaking peace, healing, encouragement, and gratitude. See, without Jesus, all of our words fall short. 
to challenge you this morning. We're going to sing a couple of songs. I want you to ask God to maybe change your heart in a way that you're producing good fruit, that your word will be life-giving to people around you. And if somebody does something in your life that means something to you, somebody at work has been kind, tell them what it means to you. If someone in your small group at church has meant something to you, tell them. We need to thank God for what he's done in our lives, but we also need to recognize the people God has put in our lives that have done his work and shown us his love. We're going to sing the song Gratitude. So I want to start with that, with gratitude for what he has done, gratitude for the people that God has placed in our lives. And let's speak life-giving words to those around us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the word at the beginning, for Jesus. surrounded us with today that you have placed in our lives that have been life-giving to us. Allow us to be that person for someone else. Help us to, to guard our lips. Help us to speak only this this morning as we sing. In the precious and holy name of Jesus. Let's sing this this morning. Let's have, do we have hearts of gratitude? We thank God for what he has done in our lives. And as we go was the word at the beginning. And only in his presence can lives be changed. We can't do it. We can be a positive influence on somebody, but we can't do it. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So let's speak Jesus to those around us. 
this song before, maybe you've heard it on the radio. It's a beautiful song, it's a powerful song. But let's speak the name of Jesus over every heart, every mind. 